Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. number three of our prayer series, Intimate, Powerful, and Mysterious Prayer. And today, I really just have a very simple idea, and it's really already been prophesied and prayed, and that is that we believe that God has spoken, right? We believe that God has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. In Christ, we have everything that we will ever need. God already knows what you need, He has delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of His dear Son. He has washed you. He has cleansed you with His blood and His spirit. He's placed a new heart within you that knows how to hear and follow Him. He's placed His spirit within you that that will continually lead you and guide you into truth. And there's a garden of the kingdom of heaven within you growing out of you everything that you will need in life. And that's the the image and that's the picture that I want you to walk away with today is that God has planted himself within you. And to the degree that you tend that garden inwardly, yes, through your actions, more so through your thoughts and how you respond to who God is and who you are in him, just like Sarah and Abraham responded to God, the, the way that they responded to God when God said, you will be a blessing to all nations. I will bring a seed through you. I will bring a child through you that will ultimately be a nation of priests unto this world that will be a blessing so that I can reveal myself through you, Abraham, into the world. And now that you fast forward to us and it's like we're that same thing. We are that nation of priests because we have the anointing within us. We have the anointing that abides, that was given by God to us. And I just said so the picture to walk out of here with today is you have been planted. You, you have been indwelt by the spirit of the living God. God is in you, growing to be a blessing in you, through you to the entire world, right? And it's a blessing to the nations that when we walk in his life, when we walk in his promises, when we walk in his blessing, because we get to be those, those kings and priests that go and represent him. You know, and, I, and I, as I'm listening to Mike, I'm like, That's, that, is, that is what we do. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Everywhere we go and whatever it looks like, from Daytona Bike Week to the White House or wherever it may be in between, right? It's, it's, it's an incredible honor that we get to walk in. <clears throat> so I have, I have this idea, and the idea is that we're not begging to try to get God to do things for us now. People get confused, right? If you get a bit exposed to this message and you start hearing that God has already done everything, He's already given you everything, you kind of feel like, okay, well, now it's on me to receive everything and how do I make that happen? And you don't, you know, you don't want to fall into an extreme either way because, yes, God has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness, but we're still in a relationship with Him. Things are still in process. Growth is still happening. He is still active and alive and still working in the earth and seeking to bring blessing into our lives. So while you have everything within you, I I think it's best to understand it as seed, just like a garden, you've planted everything that you're going to eat, but you got to take care of that garden. You know, the way that we take care of our garden, our heart, where the word is sown, where the 
word of God bears fruit, where the kingdom grows from, you tend that walking uprightly. You know, and it's not that your sinlessness causes God to bless you per se, but it's that when you walk uprightly, when you walk in agreement with God's logic with how He thinks and how He leads and how He instructs, you are better prepared and you are open to Him to receive those things that He's trying to pour through us. That's why it's important people hear this message sometime and they think, well, it just sounds like you're being light on sin. Well, not really. There's more responsibility under this message than any other message because you can limit God. You can limit God through your fear, your lack of faith, your doubt. And it's not because you're in sin and it's a cause and effect as much as it is a trust and a flowing with Him, right? And it's hard to communicate these concepts. And I, I think that's why, you know, God, uh, Jesus preached in parables. It's more about ideas and then it's like revelation happens. Then you get those aha moments and you try to articulate it and you can't articulate it, but you know it. Yes. Amen? And we know that all things that pertain unto life and godliness have been given to us and then he, then he gives us this, this explanation. The way that it grows, the, the it. I, I'm, I've got like 12 sermons to preach today, so I'm trying to narrow down into my actual notes here. But it's like the it is whatever you need God to be in that moment. And I don't mean like a slot machine. Here's one of the ideas he spoke to me about this message. You have the right to believe for anything that is consistent with God's character. You have the right to believe for anything that is consistent with the authority of God. You have the right to believe for anything that Jesus paid for. End of story. That's it. And, and it is eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It is judging whether or not God will be faithful, whether or not what God spoke is true, to try to then reason and figure out why it hasn't happened. And we don't want to do that. It doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't make you an evil person. It's just that it's like casting. When you try to figure out why, right? Try to figure out why. Why is it not happening? Why is it not working? Well, you know, you don't see a farmer out there that just planted a seed going, why isn't that thing a tomato? Why isn't that a potato yet? Well, it's process. It's growth. The farmer knows, I will cast the seed. I will take care of the soil, the heart, and I know it will grow. And it will grow. I don't know exactly when, but I know that it will grow. And I will be able to eat of that fruit. So are the promises of God. And that is where we are in the life of a Christian. And that is safe within Him, but still in this earth, actively following Him to receive blessing and walk in blessing and be a blessing. Amen? Amen. So we're talking about prayer. And just quickly a recap to go through this uh, we're looking at Hebrews 10, 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled, for, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So this idea, and, and we're tying this idea to prayer, your prayer life. When you pray, you want to be aware of this. And in that, your heart has been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, which is an interesting thought, right? Because your heart has a conscience. 
Your heart has thought. Your heart has awareness. You know, I, I love um, just studying and trying to understand as much of modern science as I can, but, you know, they, they say now that your heart actually has more neurons than your brain. So your heart has the capacity to think in a certain way. And some people have done studies where it shows that in those split seconds where you're making decisions, that there's activity in the neurons in your heart that actually send messages to your brain. So it's like heart coherence. It's like your heart has the capacity to interact and take in energy. I see Carrie's looking at John going, is that right? Don't be judging my science knowledge here. <laughs> He, you're the heart, he's the brain. So you hear it first, and then he follows, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just judged her eye roll. Anyway. But so, and there's a book out there Malcolm Gladwell wrote called Blink. I don't know if any of you heard of this, but they did a study, and some people get a little weird with it and, you know, try to manipulate the world to their benefit. But, but it's like the, the, we're seeing that people pick up on energy. People pick up, we, our hearts specifically, we're emitting in a beat every, you know, 70, 80, however beats a minute, your heart beats. And we know that that heartbeat has an electrical signature that's picked up by, you know, EKGs. And that signature is unique. It's actually more unique. It's an, it's an electromagnetic signature that is more unique than your thumbprint. And I think your, it contains your beliefs in an electromagnetic way, and it's being put out there. So it's like you're walking around and the beliefs of your heart are being put out there and bathing the world and conditioning your surroundings constantly. And it's like you're creating or you're at least interacting with the world around you. We are not victims. We are actually impacting the world around us. You know, life and death truly are in the power of the tongue. That doesn't mean you can walk around and claim something and try to attract it to you. But in general, the beliefs of your heart, how you see yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about life, that's essentially the kind of life that you're going to have. So what we try to do is renew our minds to believe who we are in Christ. So we will expect that our lives will look like what He says they can look like. And so when you pray to remember, does that make, is this making sense? I'm like, okay, so like, in, in your prayer life, which is what we're talking about, we're talking about prayer. When you go in to pray, it's fine to pray for those things that you don't have in your life, the things that you're afraid of, the things that you're worried about. But remember, first and foremost, set your mind on who God is. What do we know? We talked about that in the last couple of minutes. What do we know? Like when, you, when you're seeking to find the truth, when you're seeking to have a common denominator, when you're seeking to have a foundation to stand on, that's what you start with. That's the question. What do we know? Specifically, when you're praying, what do we know about God? Well, we know that we have been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. We know that His Spirit is within us, giving life to our physical body. We know that God is a provider. We know that He is made unto us wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. We know, you know, what, what do you know? And so we did that exercise together. And I hope that you do that. I hope that you're putting that into practice. When you pray, you start by just speaking the truth about what we know about God. Right? So in other words, you're, you're washing your mind. You're, 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 you're renewing your mind to remember who He is. And then this aspect here, having your heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. This, you know, Hebrews is all about the Old Testament, Old Covenant priesthood, and, and Jesus now is a new 
priest over a new and better covenant based on better promises. So it's a spiritual thing that's happening with us. We are safe in Him because He is that once and for all sacrifice for sin. No more blood of goats and bulls that was temporary, that was only an example for when Jesus would actually come. Now He is a priest over this new covenant, over this new order, over this new relationship with God, and we are safe with God, secure in the covenant, because of the blood of Jesus and that blood, that life, the life is in the blood. You know, when I hear blood, I don't, I don't necessarily think like the element of blood. I think the life essence that animates Jesus, which is spiritual really in nature. And there is some kind of physicality to it, obviously, because he did shed his blood. But that, that aspect, the life of God that has cleansed us and regenerated us and made us new creatures is actively being sprinkled within us because He is that high priest. And it's cleansing our conscience. It's removing the guilt from our, that we walk around with. It's reminding us that we are saved and sanctified in Him, waiting for that glorification. Praise God for that coming. But we have to submit to this process in prayer. That means you, you let go. You, you, when you submit to this process, you're letting go of fear and reminding yourself that He has not given you a spirit of fear. You're letting go of worry and reminding yourself that He has made you a promise that He will not leave you, that He will meet your needs out of His riches in glory, right? Those are the things that we do. So we want to reshape our inner world to match His promises to the point that it feels real, like to the point where inwardly, his promises are more real to you than your external experience. And I've heard a lot of people talk about walking out of uh, terminal illnesses that, can't, that don't know exactly when they were healed. And they just say, well, you know, and I've heard this a lot, that when, when the promise became more real to me than the illness, I just seemed to kind of walk out of it. Now, you can't necessarily faith your way up into that. There's no magic formula for that. All that's happening is mind renewal unto transformation. Amen? And prayer is such a way to do that. So prayer is not necessarily giving God a list of all your needs and your worries and your fears, although it can be that. He does say ask, but He knows what you need before you ask. Prayer is kind of going back into that place and that connection with the Father and having your mind washed, you know, all this internet stuff, all the news, all the things that's going on and we watch and we hear circumstances that happen in our lives and what our parents did and what our kids are doing and what our neighbors did. And it's like prayer is going into that closet, going into that secret place with the Lord and, and remembering, no, I have been washed and I am actively being energized and renewed and regenerated by the spirit of the living God within me. I am safe within him. I am an ambassador and I am a priest. This is what God has called me to be. This, he is actively within me right now, giving me wisdom and strength and, and to the point where you just can't really contain what's in you and you go into the world and carry what He's put in you. And you follow that and you're motivated by love. That's prayer. You know, prayer is where you go into that place with the, with the Father and you get renewed and refreshed and wisdom comes alive and revelation happens and answers come and you kind of just get a, you know, you just wash, wash away the world, so to speak. And it's also happening within you spiritually because this says that it's constantly cleansing that. And so you couple this with the idea of all the way back to the beginning of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think that's judging 
And ultimately, the fruit of that was they were tempted by the question, did God really say? Right? Did He really say? And that's where we are right now. Every Christian is in this perspective. That is, did God really say these things? Did Jesus really pay for this? What, what do I have the legal right to actually expect? What did He say? And did He really say that? And so how you answer that question determines what kind of church you're sitting in. You know what I mean? Like there are so many denominations that we've divided ourselves based on that question. Well, did he really say that? Well, he did say it, but it was back then. He did say it, but it was for then and it's not now, but it is for now, but he did. You know, it's like we divide ourselves up based on what we think God will and won't do. An evil conscience questions what God said. An evil, question, an evil conscience judges God's authority. An evil conscience judges God's faithfulness. You know, what if Abraham and Sarah had said, well, I don't think God can do that, or I'm not qualified, or I can't do that. He didn't ask them to do it. He said, I will do this. You trust me. And they, all they believed was that God said the truth. And that's what we want to do. We want to know what His truth is. We understand that truth through the finished work of Christ, and those are the things that we want to believe for. Not for our own selfishness, but because we believe that God's people on this planet should fully walk in the inheritance that Jesus died for us to have. And as we do, as we experience that inheritance, we can be a blessing to the rest of the world. I'm sure there are people watching online all over the world that were blessed by what Mike prayed and what Mike said. And, and, uh, all right, let me keep going. All right, so prayer is a time to renew your mind to what God said. Now, last week we looked at this, and you're, I'm still in, I'm still in review. Y'all came to church on a day that a lot of people didn't want to, so y'all are, y'all are like, you're here for church, right? <clears throat> did God really say? We're talking about prayer. We're talking about, okay, when I go in and when I interact with God and when I present my needs to Him and when I'm wanting to hear from Him, I start with what I know. Who is He? Who am I in Him? Then we go to things like this. What is it legal for me to believe for? It is often, uh, so this is Mark 9, 22. This is the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of this kid. They, the father brought him to Jesus and this is the interaction. It has often thrown him into the fire <clears throat> or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, if, if, everything's possible to one who believes. Like that's how I hear it, right? That's how Jesus speaks in my mind in this passage. If you can do anything, if, if, you know who you're talking to, right? You know who God is, right? I mean, right, like, 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 like that's what Job did to God. What? Who, is, who are you to accuse me? Do you not know who I am? I hung the stars. I balanced out the waters. You know, that's kind of the same type thing. Jesus is like, if. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. Now, I get it. There have been some selfish carnal teachings arise out of this concept, but here's the thing. He said it. Did he not say it? He said it in the context of physical health many times. 
He said it in the context of provision. He said it in the context of people experiencing the character and nature of God. God is a provider. God is a healer. God is our wisdom, our sanctification, and our redemption. All things are possible for those who believe that God will continue to be God. Amen? Well, why will this happen? I don't care. I don't want to eat of that tree of the knowledge of good. I don't want to judge why. I don't care why. It doesn't matter. This is who God is. And if I'm not experiencing it, that's just, you know, whatever. I don't have to figure all that out. But God will not change. He is this, and I will hold on to that. Amen? So let's jump over here. Um, Today is what really what I want to look at. And Jesus answered, this is Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. So this is, uh, they were walking, came across a fig tree and didn't bear fruit. Jesus cursed it on the way back by. They noticed that it had shriveled up and died. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And there's all kind of theological debates of did he, was he really talking about a mountain? Was he talking about the problem in your life? Was he, what was he? He said it, all right? This is what he said. Let's just read what he said. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, what he says, I hope that what you say agrees with what God said will come to pass. It will be done for him. What will be done for him? Anything that you speak that is consistent with what Jesus paid for you to have. Right? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have, say have received, and it will be yours. You see the paradox? Believe that you have received, and it will be yours. Will. Have received, but it will be yours. That sums up everything right there. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. That he is, that he, all of this, everything that he has given you, that you are complete in him. That he will meet your needs according to his riches and glory. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and everything will be added to you. All of those things that we hold on to and we trust that God made these promises to us through Christ, believe that you have received and it will be yours. But you have the opportunity to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in between. Well, I don't know. I just, this happened to my cousin. This happened to my mom. This happened to, well, I tried this one time and it didn't work. And this and that, the, the, the have received and the will be, be careful. That's prayer. That's where prayer has to remember have received. Are you with me? Prayer is an affirmation that you have received. Adam, I mean, uh, Abraham and Sarah had received a promise from God. God himself made a sovereign decision to plant this seed of promise within them. And all they had to do was believe that God told the truth. God said something, he will continue to keep his word. He will be faithful. Amen? Have received. Now, I'm going to jump over, switch gears a little bit, and give you some illustrations talking on this have received thing. Now, again, there have been some goofy teachings that have cropped up about 
name it, claim it, prosperity gospel. I don't know. There's all kinds of things that get attached to that. And certainly there are selfish, carnal people within the body of Christ that are just trying to have a better life, whatever. I I'm talking about us experiencing life in such a way that we enjoy the inheritance that Jesus paid for us to have. You know, my, my father passed. There was a little bit of inheritance there. And it was, an, it was a weird process, right? There's like, because I've worked hard my entire life and all of a sudden there's a little bit of money there and it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is weird. I didn't work for this. And, and you kind of have to adjust, you know? Like, like when you get something that you didn't work for or you get something that, and, and we didn't even have the greatest relationship. I don't want to dishonor him. But it's like this thing happened and it's like, okay, I could really just blow this or I could use this as a blessing, you know? And so we did. We made some decisions, and praise God, it was a blessing, right? This inheritance was a blessing. It's not like a, you know, it's not like we're jet setting or anything. It's a little bit, but it was it was nice. And it's like Jesus has given. We have an inheritance in God. There are things that God decided He wanted us to have. Jesus, being the testator, died, enacting that inheritance, enacting that covenant and sustains it for us, and there are things in the death of Christ that are now ours by inheritance. You didn't work for it. You can't earn it. You only get to manage it, enjoy it, or possibly blow it. That's where we are. We are in a place where God has done an incredible thing for us through Christ, and we get to live within this incredible inheritance that God has given us. And so when we pray, we have to understand that the mystery is God has planted everything within us and to the degree that we follow Him and we keep our minds clear before Him and we stay in trust toward Him and we don't let doubt and fear and unbelief come in and the, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things and the cares of this world come in and choke that. Basically, all of that doubt and fear and worry, all it does is keeps you from experiencing the inheritance that Jesus died for you to walk in. That's why... We want to walk uprightly. That's why we want to pray in such a way where we have received, but it will be. Amen? Now, this is, this is pretty cool. I like this type of stuff. How many of you have heard of a Dr. Emoto? The book is called uh, The Secret, uh, The Hidden Mystery in Water. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, what this guy did, and if you jump online, you know, you might find some websites that say that they tried these, they didn't get the same results, but a lot of people have from a scientific perspective. But what happened, what this guy did was he basically tested water and the effects of words and spoken words and written words to water, water. For my Kenyan people, water. See, they don't understand us if we don't put the T in there, but anyway. So that what this guy would do is take water samples from all different kinds of places, and I'll give you, I'm, we're gonna look at some pictures here, and freeze the water and then look at the crystals of the frozen water. How many of you have seen these before? Okay, so you're in for a treat if you haven't seen these. All right, so imagine you take a sample of water, say out of a creek, out of a river, or even out of a tap, and you write, you put it in a bottle, put a piece of tape on it, and you speak certain words to it, or you write words on it. That's what we're about to see. These were words written. Now, some of them, they were exposed to music, different kinds of music, different kinds of prayers, different areas, and the water responded. The water changed 
its structure, didn't become something else, but the way that it would crystallize, the way that it would freeze looked differently based on positive or negative influence. So this is what a crystal looks like with the words love and appreciation. And it's kind of hard to see because these are artistic photos and they're a little bit blurry, but in general, you can see it's beautiful. Like, like it's, it looks like a snowflake, right? It has a, it's a very, very clear pattern, a very structured, you know, geometrical pattern. And then now this was water where they spoke, do it as if it were a command. You see the difference? It like, it didn't form, it didn't respond. It, it, it formed this way. Now think about this, your body is what percent water? I've heard 70, I've heard 90, let's go with 70. Your body is 70% water. What kinds of things are you speaking to yourself? Now, I only say this to show a visual image that our words are powerful. Our words affect, even, even if this is a physical representation of only what happens in your thoughts, it's powerful enough because the words that you're speaking are shaping how you make decisions, how you believe, how you, how you, what you expect in life. And if, and if Jesus has made this, this incredible promise that all things that pertain unto life and godliness, you have received and trust and let it grow and don't sow doubt and it will be. Even your words speak life and death over water. It's pretty cool. All right, so this is let's do it. Totally different intention. And it didn't matter what language they did this in. It would change and respond. So this is when water was exposed to what they, it's in, in Japan, there's like this type of music, they call it healing music, but it's like, you know, very structured symphony, you know, very pleasing. It looked like this. It's a little different, but it's still, um, you know, pretty. It's got structure to it. This was water exposed to heavy metal music, which I'm just gonna suspend that reaction because I like a little bit of heavy metal now and then. But. <laughs> But, but you can see the difference. Now, this is a scientist that published these results that has done talks all over the world that has you know, written books and documentaries and everything. This is not just some kind of wacky thing. All right, now, so this is water from the Fujiwara Dam before prayer. And from, to my understanding, I think what they did was they didn't take the sample out there was a group of people that actually got together and prayed near this and then took a sample of the water after prayer, and then this is what it looked like. Same water after prayer. And it's interesting that in his research, he comes to the conclusion that the most structured, the most consistent, the most stable structures are the product of words like love and gratitude and thank you. So like this one, thank you consistently. And they did it with children, they did it with adults, they did it with written words, they did it with spoken words. I mean, this guy's tested it in all different kinds of ways that you can test it. But the water, unfrozen water, just being exposed to gratitude, being frozen, and then it, it changed into these structures. Now, I don't understand all that. But there's something going on, and consistently this guy found that gratitude spoken to these elements produced the most significant and stable results. 
So here's my point to come around to this, all putting all this back together. The idea is when you pray, pray from the place of thankfulness. Play from a, pray from the place of gratitude. All right? How often do we pray accusing God? I mean, you might not say, well, I don't accuse God, but we do. God, didn't you say? Well, God, I, you know, and I've had people come to me sitting in my office. Well, you know, I've, I've given and I've prayed and I did basically this. I did everything right and God didn't bless me. It's not based on that. It's not, it's an inheritance that you get to enjoy or not enjoy. It's not God determining whether you have it or not have it. It's been given to you. Are you, are you a believer? Yes. Is the Spirit of God within you? Yes. You have unlimited resource. Like Mike said, his shelves are not empty. And this is where that paradox comes in. It, you know, it has been given, but it will be. It will come to pass in your life. And in that paradox, in that time, is, is Christianity, is the outward expression and the inward management of Christianity to, to, to believe he is, he is faithful. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. I am the head and not the tail. I can expect God's favor. I don't care what happened. This is what he said. Right? I, this, you know, whatever level it looks like for you, that in-between of it has been to it will be, that's on you. And that's the Mark 4 sower and the seed principle. It's that seed, it's that Christ kingdom seed that's been planted within you that is everything that you will ever need and it is seeking to grow right now. And the only thing through the words of Jesus that tells us that it's not coming to pass is our doubt, our fear, our de the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, the cares of this world, all of that stuff. It constricts. It's like sowing weeds and it's weeds into our garden. It's like, it's like going out there and putting your garden in the dark, right? It's like throwing a blanket over your garden. It's like doing something, you know, uprooting the soil, hearing something come from the outside, and you're like, oh, it just totally robs your, 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 faith, your trust in the Lord, right? It's like some people forget they're Christians when certain things happen in the world. I mean, honestly, it's like everything's all good. We're playing church, but then something really happens. Where do you go? Do you really go to the Lord and affirm your heart of who He is in you in light of whatever's happening? Or do we instantly go to whatever the world's presenting? You know, per, I, here's, here's what I want to do in prayer. I'm not really asking God to do anything. I want to go through a process where I'm conditioning my heart so that whenever I face life, my unspoken, my first reaction, before I even have time to think about it, my response is dependency on the Lord. I think that's what we understand from how the heart responds to information that comes at us. Your heart processes energetically before your brain even fires. I think we can do that. If your heart's conditioned in such a way where you're dependent on the Lord, that when you face life, when something happens to you, that instant reaction is... I'm safe in the Lord. Now let me deal with this. Or is it, oh, panic, and what does God have to say about it? You know, which is it for you? You know, what is your thermostat set at? Is your initial response and your initial reaction faith and trust in the Lord because you have taken time in prayer to affirm your, your heart of who God is, what His promises are, and you believe it no matter what? 
regardless of external circumstances, just like Sarah and Abraham, who believed in hope against hope. There was no reason at all to physically, like there wasn't any kind of logical thing that Adam, that I keep saying that, that Abraham and Sarah could have held to in the natural. It made no sense. They're 1900 years old, womb dead, the deadness of his body. They're not producing the stuff that needs to be produced to produce a baby. You know what I'm saying? Dead. No reason at all. There was no physical option, no logical option in the world for them to choose. All they had was a promise from God. God spoke it, and somehow they held true. Somehow they still believed. Praise God. Praise God. I, I think that's really more, that, that is what we need to be focused on more than most. I mean, obviously, living outwardly, taking care, doing, that good, doing those good works, all of that stuff that we do, being the body of Christ in the earth, right? But for you to be in that place where God can move through you in an unhindered way, it's incredibly important that you take the time in prayer to condition your heart so that your first reaction is faith. Your first reaction is peace. Your first response to any external in stimulus is God. This is what God said. Boom. And, and you don't even have to think about it. I wonder where we are in that place, right? I wonder where we are in our hearts in that way. When you hear something, what is it that's initial reaction? And you can change that. You can take time and meditate on the Lord. You can take time and pray. You can take time and read the Word. That's why you're doing those things. You're not doing it to become more holy, more sanctified. That is that sanctification process of living well within this joy and this inheritance that He's given you but you're doing it so that you won't limit God. Pray in such a way where you're clearing the things out that limit God in your life. Amen? Speak God's truth over your life. And you're not confessing and speaking to try to make God do something. You're, you're acknowledging. Believe that you have received and it will be yours. So speaking God's truth is putting water on that have received unto it being yours. And that's the part where Jesus gives the explanation in Mark 4. It's like a farmer that casts seed in the ground. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. Doesn't know how it happens. Comes to pass. Bears fruit of its own kind. That's what, that's what you're doing. You're not trying to wait for God to do something. You are just being patient and managing that inward man well enough where you're not going to limit him. So speak God's truth over your life. Speak Christ's finished work over your life. Confess your identity in Christ until you believe it. I'll go through this one more time. Speak God's truth over your life. All right, now, so let's do that for a second. Think about an area where you need to experience God or even you're just thankful. What's one truth that you know about God that you can speak over your life? Let, let's hear them. One truth that you know. We kind of did this last week, and if anybody repeats, that's fine but this is a collective thing. Maybe you that are watching online, type them underneath. Did that make sense at all? What did I just say? Type them underneath. <laughs> Wisdom. Yeah. All right. So specifically as it relates to you. That, so imagine this, and don't get weird with it, but using the water thing as an example, words and intention changed how the water looked once it was frozen. If your life 
changes as you speak to it, if you change. See, we, we know this, right? We are transformed as we renew our mind. One of the greatest ways to renew your mind is in your mouth, speaking the truth about who God is. So over your life, over your children, over your finances, over your spouse, over whatever, over this church, over, over whatever's going on in your life, if you were to take God's truth and speak it over it, what would you speak? I would speak, this church is a blessing to the nations. This church is a collection of kings and priests that carry the gospel of the kingdom of God, that go into the earth and declare the finished work of Jesus. And I believe that. And I pray that way over this. Sometimes I'll come and sit in here and I'll just meditate on this place being full, multiple services and stuff just going on, right? Just seeing it because I, I want it to be believable to me. So I'm not limiting what God wants to do. You were going to say? Provision. Provision. So, so how would you actively speak provision over your life? If you were speaking to your life as if you spoke to that water and it changed, what would you say to your life? God provides the tools, the people, the knowledge, and the support you need in every situation to depend on Him. Yeah. So you take that personally. Sometimes you can write these things down. Now, this is an exercise. I'm not preaching now. We're all thinking and brainstorming together, so shift gears for a minute. This is like practical application that I want you to put into practice in your life. What is it that you know to be true about God, a promise from God, that you can take and write it down and speak it over your life with the expectation that your life will respond to that word, that your life will respond to what God says is yours through the inheritance of Christ, right? Like that water responded. Imagine your life. This, see, part of, this is the outward part of prayer, and this is where praying in the Spirit, which we're going to talk about next week, is so powerful. I see prayer as more like not so much asking God to do something because we know what His will is. He's given us everything. Christ is in us. His kingdom is in us. And if we'll just yield to Him, all of our needs will be. You don't ever have to worry about that kind of stuff. He knows what you need, and He's a good Father. He's not going to give you stone if you ask for bread, right? So you kind of just stand in this place in the earth realizing, I am an ambassador for Christ. I represent the kingdom of God in this earth. I am a king and a priest. I am planted safely in the kingdom. I have been sent because Christ is in me. I have a message that has been sent from heaven that I go into this earth and I speak and I declare about the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that comes with benefits that I will speak to my life. So, so prayer is I am speaking to my life. I am speaking to my mind. I'm speaking to my children, my spouse, my finances, the world around me, my government, the world. You know, incidentally, there was a study. They did this in Washington, D.C. It was a meditation study. It wasn't even believers. But they had the intention to lower the crime through meditation. You can go read about this. Back in, I forget, the 80s maybe. I've got a student back there, smart person, nodding his head, so we're good, right? Anyway, they, they, I think it was 1% of the population meditated on the crime rate dropping in Washington, D.C., and I think they did it for like a month maybe. And as long as they did it, it dropped significantly. And as soon as the exercise of meditation of the crime rate, it wasn't like they sat and meditated all day long. They, what they did was designated a certain time each day, and they just collectively put that out there, and the crime rate dropped, and then it went right back up as soon as that exercise was over. You know, we are powerful. 
You represent the kingdom of God. It matters what you speak. Now, we aren't wizards and magicians. We aren't demons exercising witchcraft going in and out of our own will, throwing out magical incantations to try to manipulate people. You know what I mean? Are you with me? Because it can turn into that. It can get weird. That's not what you're doing. You're speaking and declaring what God has completed in Christ. That's what you're doing. You're, you're not mixing your will into it. You're not coming up with what you think needs to happen. You're speaking what God has accomplished in Christ for you and the world around you. That's what you're doing. You're not trying to come up with your own will and speak out these things. That's where the name it, claim it thing comes in. That's where people do get off. But you're declaring. Listen, I promise you, if you had what God wants for you in your life, it'd be way better than anything you can come up with it to ask for. If your life looked like what God wants it to look like, if His will were established in you, it'd be way better than anything that you can dream up. I promise you that. So just speak what's true and what He's accomplished, right? So what I would say is take that first person as if you are speaking with an expectation of the authority of God with you in your mouth, speaking to your life, actually something happening so that the world around you begins to couple with the... Because, I mean, what do we think happens? We pray and then God magically sends something down and maybe He's going to change something. I mean, you know, what do we think... Actually, like, why do we expect prayer to work? I think there's a, there's a spiritual physics going on beyond magic. We think prayer is magic. Most, most of the body of Christ, right? Most of the body of Christ is like, well, I'm going to pray. And if God hears, and if He chooses to respond, then maybe something will happen. Right? And, and, and the man, I'm telling you, that has been and will be is cut off with that type of thinking in prayer. So... People get nervous about this. Well, it sounds like you're... Well, I don't care what it sounds like. I'm just standing on what Jesus paid for. Amen? Amen. Jim, you had your hand raised. Because I want to hear some examples. If God, you're not messing with me in any way. You provided everything for me in Jesus. All things that pertain to life and godliness are already on the inside of me. Your desire is that I prosper and be in health. Your, your greatest desires are prospering, being health, and my soul prospers. I have an abundance for every good work to put my hand to the things in this life that you desire to see and that, that I would desire to see. I thank you, God, that your life is abundant in me and that I project that abundance to the world around me within my own soul, out of my own heart. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. And you feel it and you believe it, right? You know, you want to be convinced of it because it says, doubt not in your heart. Speak it. Believe that you have received and it will be yours, right? That's the part where you, you're, you're believing. That's a believing prayer. And, and when the words run out, just stop. I have the habit of uh, on purpose. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above, not the knee. No weapon that comes against me can prevail. Uh, I use it. Amen. And, and you might have that. You might have like a mantra. All, that's all Scripture. All you did was quote Scripture, right? So, speak Christ's finished work over your life. Let's see an example of that. Christ's finished work over your life. 
I know you didn't think you were going to have to speak in church, did you? What did Christ accomplish in his death, burial, and resurrection? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that, there is so much in that. I am in right stand. I have peace with God. God is not against me. God is for me. I don't have to worry about him messing with my life. Like you say, you know, there's, there's so much in that. You say one thing and there's so much in that. All right, so confess your identity in Christ, which is really kind of the same thing. So what does it look like? Specifically, when you've got a sin issue that you're struggling with, to go into the Word and find some identity-based scriptures. Now, I realize I just set you up because what you say now will indicate what kind of sin you're messing with. But, so we'll skip that one. But, <clears throat> but all I all, so so then the final thought would be: uh, Don't do this now. Now, pay attention. In, no, okay, so here's one example. You can say. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if inwardly you become aware of sin and you feel guilty, that would be hardening your heart to that truth. But if you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you feel at peace with God, you know that you believe it. So be careful. Don't just confess a bunch of things and it create a negative reaction inwardly because that could actually be doing damage inwardly and you're just re you're trying to say something outwardly that you believe, you know it, like in your mind you agree with it, but maybe you don't believe it in your heart. So that's where you got to pay attention because sometimes we do. We confess this stuff, we pray, but our heart's like, mm-mm, you don't believe that. You're so you're actually reinforcing that negative belief inwardly by trying to positively positively confess something, even if it's true, right? So pay attention to that. And one exercise that you can do, and, and I, I would love for all of us to do this, and I'm going to put some stuff online, do a blog, We're gonna, I'm going to do a few examples, but a few statements that Mike can relate to, finances, relationship, children, some of the big areas in life that people struggle with. I'm going to put some statements out there online, and <clears throat> you can pick one, read through it, and as you read it, Pay attention to your heart and see if you agree with it or if you don't agree with it. Inwardly, pay attention to see how you react to it. Am I, am I in agreement with this? Like, is this, does this feel true to me? You know, you, you can use your inner man that way. You can see, where, where am I with this? Like, when you pray and you go away and you, you just go right back to whatever it is you're thinking about, prayer should change how we're feeling about the situation. Prayer should change what we expect can happen in that situation. When you take the time to go and connect with the Lord and remind yourself of who He is and what He's done in Christ, you should walk away in hope and in faith and in confidence. You might, you, you know, it's absolutely legal to say, I don't know how He's going to do that, but I know that all things are possible. I know that if anybody can, He can. And Jesus is standing there going, if you can. <laughs> you know, like, like that's the picture I want to see. I wanna, when I start doubting, I want to hear Jesus go, if, if what? No. All things are possible, right? Amen. Not for selfishness, not for carnality, but for you to get out of the way and let God establish His will in your life for His purposes to the glorification of His name through your life, and then it's better for you than anything that you could selfishly dream up with. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You. We love You. We don't want to limit You. We are wide open. I speak life and blessing to every single person in this place. And you can even do this with your finances. So 
We've changed how we're doing finances a little bit, how we're doing our offering, but I'm going to give you an opportunity here. You know, if you're watching online, maybe you didn't come to church today, this is a good opportunity for you to set up a mobile giving. Um, you know, go, jump, go to the website forward.church, click on the give button, set it up. And this is not just about trying to get a big offering. I'll just tell you straight up, we want a big offering. We want to do some amazing things with it, right? There's no empty promises. There is no, you give this and God's going to do this. He's already given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. You cannot manipulate him with your money. You, there, all of this, anyway. So here's what I want to do. If you're giving today or if you're giving this week or monthly, whatever, whatever your giving looks like for you, think about your finances. Think about the idea that you sow. You, you take of your money and you sow into the work of ministry for the purpose of the gospel going forward. So just take a minute and think about that. Father, I trust you with my finances. Father, I trust that you seek to provide for me beyond my capacity to work. I will work hard. I believe that the hand of the diligent is made rich. Everything I do, I want to do to bring honor and glory to your name. I want to, I want to be a blessing to those who are depending on me. But my job is not my provision. You are my provider. If everything went away, as we saw in the life of Jesus, gold can be found in a fish's mouth. Fish and bread can be multiplied. You are not limited to my earning potential. Now think about your finances. Father, I trust you with my money. And as I give, I use it as an exercise within my heart to trust you. It makes no sense to give away a portion of my income and trust that through me blessing can grow and abound. But what it's doing is it's teaching me to trust. And now, now here's, a, here's a decision to make. God, I will not limit you with my finances. I will keep my heart open by sowing and giving. I will keep my heart open to you and not limit you because I will not trust in money above you as my provider. Father, I trust. Just tell him I trust you. You are my provider. It is a joy for me to give. It is a joy for me to sow into ministry. I want to see this message spread. I will participate in that. That one got real quiet. Did y'all hear that? Everybody's on board to I'll participate. Everybody got quiet. I'm just teasing. I'm messing with you a little bit. And, and you know, I, I want you to have an encounter with God regarding your finances where you actually trust Him, right? I don't, I don't want to manipulate. I don't want to just create emotional experience, but I want you to have value and purpose for your giving. Amen? Father, we speak life and health and blessing and provision over our lives and over everyone in this place and over everyone watching and over everyone who will listen and hear. We trust you. We trust you. We want to walk in the inheritance that Jesus paid for. And we will use our prayer lives to realign ourselves to you, to not limit you and walk in everything that you are seeking to establish in our lives so that we will be a blessing to the nations and you will, bring, you will get glory through our lives. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. 
They're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.